Cotton on a roadside, cotton in a ditch. Now everybody's chanting, let's go, Brandon. We've had it up to here with Joe Biden's crap. What about the 13 that never made it back? I'm singing. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. But now, we still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the f***? Joe says shit that even people with Tourette's go, no. No. What is going on? Joe is like your uncle's on a new drug and hasn't got the dosage, right? I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. Sit down. At the kitchen table, I learned. I'm worried about when they can make next month for the mortgage payment. Well, it is what it is because he was who he is. That's why it is what it is. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression, isolate and punish China. Folks, true international depression, isolate and punish China. I used to say, I used to say, Joey, nobody's better than you, but you're no better than anybody else. You know, Bob Dylan put it one way. He said the times sure are changing. But Don Henley put it another way. How's that? He put it the end of the innocence. Ah, and I'm telling you, the world we live in now, it's completely different than the world that I grew up in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And you better be on your toes. You better know what's going on. We're going to talk about a couple things on this show. Uh, we got a couple great guests coming up. So on this show, you're going to hear from Bill Thomason, who is the founder of Paint the Block and the Paint the Block Challenge. And he's got some stories. Remember we told you at the beginning of the year, Ted? Yeah. This, this year, was season three is going to be about more stories, more stories. More stories. Well, still has got some stories. It's because we're, go, we're going deeper. So that's on this show. So don't mm-hmm. go away. Also on this show is William Wallace. Freedom. Oh, William, the, not the, but related to William Wallace. He's not wearing a kilt, but he's got a podcast <laughs> called William Wallace for America. Mm-hmm. It's on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and all the, you know, goofy apps. Yeah, all the platforms. That you can find on. So we're going to have that. And we're going to talk about some of these political things. Now, okay. Ted, you consider yourself our political expert on the podcast. <laughs> not real. No, you consider this me. Not, a real, not myself. <laughs> yeah, that's why I can never say that when I'm in the room with <laughs> these guys. <laughs> you know how I, right, always, I know better. You know how I always crack jokes? How, how come WWL hasn't called me? Yeah, right. Well, how come WWL hasn't called William Wallace? Exactly. Because, like the Ooh, because he's a exactly. real talk show host and knows what he's talking about. That's on this episode of All Over the Road, New Orleans, the podcast. All Over the Road, New Orleans is brought to you by Coin Trader Inc. Mind your money. Come on, Coin Trader Studios, we're bringing it live. And who am I? I go by the name of Darkest Night. And Jada Hoyos is the one who brings a sick beat. To which we're getting pumped for topics this week. So let me grab my Greg Soda and take a sip. While I turn it over to Katie, Nick, Ted, and Vic. It's all over. We're all over the road. We got a brand new show. So just lo and behold, from the bayou to the city to the burbs to the swamps, you better know what time it is when you're hearing that. Oh, oh. Coming live from the Coin Trader Studios in lovely Lakeview in Nolens. This is the king of all podcasts. He bestowed upon me, not by myself, but by Jay Power and Associates. I always thought it was by yourself. That's right. But I was wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. It's all over the road, the podcast. 
here, and we're getting ready to slip into the holiday season, and we got a big election coming up. There's all kinds of stuff coming up. World Series is coming up. Mm-hmm. The Saints are winning ugly. But that's not why we're here. <laughs> but at least they're winning. That's not why we're here today because we got a couple great guests. First of all, I want to introduce to you uh, Bill Thomason. Bill Thomason is uh, a guy that is uh, he's uh, he's walking the walk. Let's put it that way. He's walking the walk. And Bill has been going around town and fixing up areas uh, of the city for many years. And he's been doing some work with, with Vina Wynn, who was someone that we are obviously supporting in the mayor election coming up on November 13th. Right. Bill, welcome to the big show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Give a, thank you, studio audience. Yeah. yeah. He deserves a big round of applause. He Woo! does. <laughs> and also, William Wallace is here from William Wallace for America. You can catch him on WGSO. And you know what I think? I think you'd be a good... I think they should get rid of Scoot and put you in Scoot's spot. Oh, that'd be interesting. They should, yeah. As, yeah. A, as a matter of fact, you didn't know this, but here he is. I, he may be upset about this, but ladies and gentlemen, here's Scoot in the morning from WWL. Scoot! Hey, Scoot. Hey, Scoot. Hey, Scoot. It's, good to, it's good to be here, Vic. Who is this guy? His name's William Wallace. He's like, well, Never heard of him? Yeah. Never heard of him? He's really good. I don't I, you think you could do it? Think you could. Well, I, he's I, more topical than you. He's not going to talk about getting his butt beat actually, recorded by a bunch of queens. I'm on, vaca- <laughs> I'm on va- What? You heard me? Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm Scoot, and that's all I got to say. Yes, I'm Scoot. And, and Scoot. And, uh, and he's not. I appreciate you coming in here, even though that Scoot. when we worked at B97 together, you never spoke to me. No, because I was I was the body guy. I was the big, uh, you know, big-headed. I was a... Uh, Prima donna, to be honest. It's hard for me to admit Well, I think William Wallace is better. You know, get that out of here. (laughs) Scoot in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. Scoot in the morning. Okay, let's start with Bill. Thomason. Because you go by William. You don't like Bill. Yeah, exactly. You you hate Billy. Yeah. Oh, dear. Don't call me Billy. (laughs) Yeah, anybody before age 18 call me Billy. (laughs) Billy. William and Bill. So now Bill Thomason's got his big old construction company. You can tell him. He's a big guy. What's the name of the company? Thomas at Construction. That makes sense. Okay, makes good. A lot of sense. That's good. And he is the founder of Paint the Block and the Paint the Block Challenge. Tell us a little bit about Paint the Block. Well, Paint the Block came about about a year and a half ago. I was watching news for the last time in the morning, and I was just mm-hmm. disgusted. It was negative, negative, negative. And uh, I just said, you know what? I got to get out and do something positive. This is just, you know, the city's going downhill I got to get out and do something. So um, really, God dropped it on me. I was talking to one of our uh, urban artists, and uh, this concept just came down to <clears throat> paint, going and paint houses up and some going to the worst areas in New Orleans, paint up houses and uh, clean up blocks. And, and so I got a hold of our pastor and uh, our councilwoman and, Sherman Williams is one of our sponsors. Uh, within like an hour, we were rocking and rolling. Our councilwoman sent us to the eighth ward, and within two weeks, uh, we were right in the middle of a really depressed area with two drug houses on both ends. Uh, guys doing drugs right in front of us, up and down the street. We painted uh, three houses. Uh, we cleaned up a, a park area that we probably pulled out couple hundred needles easily um grass six feet high uh we cleaned it up we put shavings in it went up and down the block cleaning uh we had to go back there three times to to where the neighbors could take it over because it was just crime drugs um it it was amazing and uh 
I think the neighbors are a little bit reticent when we first got in there, but by the third time they were thanking us and um, we, we turned the uh, drug houses over to the police. We turned them over to uh, code enforcement because they were just in shambles, you know, just people really strung out going in, getting drugs coming in and out of the house. Long story short, they, uh, they condemned, they, they put fines on the, on the houses on the one in particular they condemned the building last December and had an emergency teardown order. This is last December. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happened since. Cantrell, you gotta go. So this is just one of the many things I'm running into around the city. I'm all over the city from one end to the other. I'm getting permits. That's that's been horrible. Permit office, uh, code enforcement is non-existent. Um, you know, we're out cleaning drains. We're doing everything. I'm told 90% of the city contracts aren't being fulfilled. Yeah, I mean, here in, here in Lakeview, New Orleans is not picking up my garbage anymore. It's Jefferson Parish. Right. Are you yeah. serious? I'm de- yeah, dead serious. Dead serious. So they're not well, doing that. Well, I heard stories that Jefferson Parish does want to take over this part of Orleans. Well, I'm just saying that's what's happening now. But well, there you go. But, well, you know, you know we were here crazy. for over a week uh, picking up garbage after the flood uh, in Lakeview. Um it was amazing. Some people got three foot of water, uh, lost everything. You know, once mm-hmm. you get a few feet of water in the house, all your furniture's gone, everything, you got to yeah. take sheetrock out. It was a mess. And people were really, they were really upset. So we, we in, in between all this, we joined forces with Vina and we were out door knocking and cleaning up, picking up people's garbage, you know, one trailer load after another. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a pretty good army going of people and uh, the people of Lakeview started joining in and it was awesome. Let me ask you this, because I was downtown yesterday and I got a little story to tell about my experience downtown yesterday, which was somewhat life changing, believe it or not. Um, Where is, I mean, okay, you got all the, you're having problems getting permits and the construction industry, you know, it's, it's like pulling teeth. But when you go downtown, there's all this construction, there's construction everywhere. So how was all this, being done who's who's in charge of that who's you know i mean roads are being torn up have you noticed you want the nefarious idea <laughs> residential construction i think is having one problem but commercial yeah. construction because of where the permit money goes is probably going to somebody else and that's why things happen a little bit quicker down there Cantrell, you gotta go do you think she makes money on this stuff oh, i don't know i can't can't comment on that, but I, I know it's it's taken forever now to get permits. Um, so mm-hmm. they could have been working on getting permits a long time ago. But one thing I do want to say about it, I'm originally from California, and we were pretty good-sized contractors out there. And I'll tell you what, you leave blocks of streets open for a long period of time, the cities would get on you like, you know, yeah, big time. I can't believe the construction here. They'll open up blocks and blocks and blocks and tear everything up, and it just takes forever to get it done. And, you know, the inspections, too, now, well, that's a whole other story. And it's mostly third-party inspection at this point, the, uh, you know, code enforcement and everything. They've lost a lot of people. Now, you've done a lot of work down on the border. Yes. Okay. Uh, You were telling me one story, excuse me, over the phone about some of your experiences on the border. Would you like to share some of those experiences you've had down there? That's a big question. There's a lot going on at the border. Um, 
we were we were building a solar farm down at the border had no idea of the activity going on because uh, we were going to sell power not only to mexico because uh, they're in great need also back to texas well in in doing that uh where we were putting the, we were actually going to build our own panels down there in building the facility we built a big um levee wall because we were 150 feet back from the rio grande well, it was right after we closed the property, the uh, government sent us a letter. Hey, we're going to run a uh, border wall right through your property. Um, you know, I'm like, what? We've already started moving dirt, and we started building a wall. And I said, mm-hmm. so after you know, a month and a half of saying, hey, you guys need to come out like now, um, we got them out. You know, I said, okay, I'm okay with this, but you need to tie into our existing wall. Um you know, because we're going to have fields of, of solar panels all over the place. Well, in the process of this, all of a sudden I'm seeing all this activity. I mean, people coming through like you wouldn't believe. Uh, the, what do you mean? What do you mean by coming through? Uh, it's wide open. Okay. You're, you're talking about illegals coming across the border. Well, illegals. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me make this perfectly clear. We do not control our borders. On, on the United States side, people think we do. We don't. Uh, Border Patrol is doing a hell of a job, but we I had to drive through the cartel every day just to get to my own property on the United States side. And um, What was that like? Well, I, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm, uh, I'm, I've got a lot of faith, and so, you know, I've been in some pretty tough situations. I, you know, I'm there to do a project. Uh, you know, and and I I had some guys uh, actually working for me that were former cartel guys that were you know out of prison and they're right. trying to get their life straightened away. So I get the whole story. And guys from that town, the town was completely run by the cartel. Uh, people were in fear. So I mean, driving on the way in to get to my own property, there's holes in the roofs of these houses, and I'm like, what the heck happened there? And finally, they told me the story. The DEA swept down in there about 15 years ago because the town was just, that was the main intersection. For, Wait, what town was this? Yeah, uh, It's called Fronton. Okay. Is this near like McAllen or? It's uh, about else. an hour from McAllen. It's next mm-hmm. to Roma. It's in the Rio Grande Valley, which is uh, the number one area for everything. Yeah. The part that really gets me is uh, years ago, uh, I took a mission trip and I'd been very um, involved with orphanages across the country in a couple of different uh, continents. And um, so I, I really got a heart for kids. Well, when I start seeing kids coming through, they're pulling a three-year-old girl through a barbed wire fence, you know, 20 or 30 of them at a time, 40 of them, uh, no parents, mostly with a couple of guys. Um and I don't mean just isolated incidents. It was all the time. And now I understand it's it's even worse. Um, that uh, Prior to that, I started studying up on, on child trafficking. Um, huge, huge issue this, mor- uh, this morning. I talked to a lady that was trafficked that's turned her life around, got a second chance. And she had statistics like you wouldn't believe. You know, there's over 300,000 trafficked in the United States a year. People don't realize that. Um, it's a big problem. So, yeah. well, you ever, you ever see any media down there, Bill? Like, 
not that uh, they necessarily talk to you, <clears throat> but do you see any media covering that while you're down there? You have a few local media. You never, I have never seen national media down there. And uh, there's national media stories everywhere you turn. I mean, everywhere you turn. Right across from me, you had two big cartels that were fighting each other and they had the Mexican military in between them to keep them apart. Otherwise, they'd totally destroy the towns. I mean, you have a house this size that some drug lord owned, the whole front of it's gone. You can see through the front all the way to the back of the house. Wow. 50 calibers are their guns of choice. It's not a nine millimeter. They're serious. It gives, it gives a new meaning to the word shotgun home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they got some of those homes here in New Orleans. <laughs> they do. It's they more do. like an RPG home. An RPG yeah. home. Yeah. yeah, they, uh, wow. Go ahead, go ahead, William. No, yeah, this, you see some of those homes here in New Orleans, you know, but they're not drug lord homes. They're just regular homes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, shotgun was a style. Right, exactly. Okay, jeez. No, I'm talking, about the old, I'm, I'm talking about the houses that are destroyed from yeah. the front. You can just yeah. see. Hey, you were telling your joke. You, you were, <laughs> talk, he's rough. He's a, it's a rough crowd here. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Somebody just caught me with a 50 cal. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait till you hear my story from yesterday going downtown. Um, now, you, uh, tell me about the little Muriel thing that you got. You got painted in the city, uh, that little project. That was a real interesting story. That Which one are you talking about, Exhibit B? Uh, yeah, Exhibit B. Exhibit B. Where, where is this located? Okay, well, that's that's in Algiers. Okay. And that's a big apartment complex. Years ago, we were cleaning up, and uh, there was uh, people in there all the time, gutting it, tearing the... Uh, it was closed down after uh, Katrina. There was people in there all the time, tearing copper out, tearing the hand railings out, this, that. Well, in this whole mess of garbage being dumped there and the theft going on and the drugs and this and that going on in the complex, uh, I started seeing these fantastic murals, uh, eight, eight foot high murals that were done with a spray can for a couple months. And, uh, uh, our idea was we were going to turn this place into a big sports complex for the kids in the area and then people would come in from across the country to compete with our kids stay there eat there recreate there the whole nine yards so when i started seeing the murals my idea was um because they were famous people sports people uh muhammad ali different basketball players i thought hmm that'd be really cool to put on each of these 18 buildings have you know Pele on one and you yeah. know, football player on another one, a baseball player. So finally, after a couple of months, I ran into the guy doing them, um, young, young black guy. And uh, he had a couple, couple of gals watching him. He had the music going and he's spraying a Tupac Shakur in about 20 minutes. It was amazing. Just spray can, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I'm, I walked in, I heard the music, uh, and my wife with me, and we walked in on a weekend, and I said, wow, are you are you B, the guy that signs his name B? And he says, yeah. So he was a little nervous because, you know, usually they do this undercover. It's not out yeah. in the open. Anyway, so we talked. I told him what we were doing, and he told me a little bit about himself, and we kind of hit it off. And then uh, the following Monday, he calls me. That was on a Sunday following Monday, he calls me and he says, Hey, uh, I got contacted through social media from, from a famous artist, uh, named Roan from Australia. He's coming to the United States. He wants to do some murals around. He wanted, if there's a, a safe place. 
Well, this guy was famous for multi-story murals of women's faces across the country. So he, I said, sure, man, let's go for it. Sounds great. So he did a five-story mural. Uh, he put it on. He took a picture of a local girl, and he put it on his tablet, and he painted this thing in a day with a pump sprayer and a brush. It, w- it was amazing watching him. A couple days later, B. Mike came back to me and said, hey, what do you think about splitting these two buildings up into 11 sections and let me get some different crews and just paint this whole thing? It sounded awesome to me. You know, it was really uh, their artwork was amazing. Mm-hmm. So within a week and a half, these 40, 30, yeah, about 40 people, it was like bees on these buildings. They did five-story murals. They He challenged them to do five multi-level pieces they'd never done before. <clears throat> it was incredible. It was the largest urban art exhibit in the South, maybe even the whole country. So we decided to open it up for one day to let people see it. And they did a little advertising on social media. We probably had 30 people at the gate when we opened it. I watched them. They walked in and they looked up at the murals and they were like, oh, my God. And they started texting and calling. Within four more hours, we had 2,500 people show up. Wow. It was amazing. It's still there today? It's there today. Uh, Long story short, the city wouldn't negotiate on it had a large back tax bill on it. And there was a bank that it was owed a lot of money. We couldn't get them to drop it. So they had a tax sale and we got beat out the tax sale, but the guy has not cleaned it up. There's piles of garbage there. It's, it's horrible. You can't even hardly get down the street in between the units, but the artwork is still there. It's covered over some of it, but where is it? It's in Algiers. Uh, Address or? Crescent City Gates. It's uh, 3010, um, <laughs> 3010 uh, Murray, Murray Street, right. Mural Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's M-U-R-I-A-L or no? Mural, yeah. Mural. Mural. Yeah. M-U-R-E-L Street, isn't it? I guess I-L. I-L. Mm-hmm. I-L. Okay. It's one block off of General de Gaulle. We're spell check when you need it. You can Exactly. Yeah, you can see it off so. of de Gaulle. So in your opinion... A guy that's been on the border, a guy that's been in the city, the guy's been cleaning up, a guy that's, uh, you know, um, serving, giving of himself. And uh, do you see any solution on the horizon or do you see anything that can, can, that can, that can be done uh, for this city to, to, to turn around? I mean, we've got a big election coming up, but um, regardless of, of the outcome, I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. Where do you think the work needs to be done? <clears throat> okay, well... Obviously, we're going to have to have a regime change, and uh, people that are at the head of departments are going to be have to be held accountable. And I have talked to Vina about this, and um, you know, there we talked about some kind of a an incentive program for for people that are working at the city. You know, um, you know, like if you go in and you go to get a permit or something happens. Uh, there needs to be some kind of a review. So you can go back in and type in, you know, hey, they were good or they were bad or they were whatever. Right. And so it's, it's kind of a positive reinforcement for people to come in and do a good job. So, but the bottom line is, is the the people of the city are going to have to take back their city. Okay. People are going to have to, uh, we have a lot of volunteers now. We, we've, 
we actually have an army of volunteers and um you know some sometimes we'll go out we'll have 50 we'll have 75 we'll have 100 or more uh we feed everybody in the neighborhood we clean everything up there's a groundswell of people that are just tired of what's happening in the city and so the the city people got to take back this city right i mean your people in the city got to be accountable for you know these city contracts somebody's got to follow up on them they need to do what they're getting paid for. Can't trail, you gotta go. But I noticed just checking social media across the country, you don't see this on national media, but people are actually standing up and they're getting tired of this BS because yeah. um, you know, they're they're doing stuff across the country. And that's that's when when I told you I started seeing the news and how negative it was, I said, I've had enough of this, you know. I'm either I'm gonna turn it off and I'm gonna go out and do something to try and improve my city. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm finding there's a lot of people out there that agree and they're jumping in and it, it's actually fun. You're meeting a lot of people, mm-hmm. you're, you're having a good time, we're feeding them, we're having really big barbecues. You know, so one time we had an alligator, I mean we're have ribs, chicken, I mean, we're feeding the neighbors, we're right. feeding our crew. There's music going on. Uh, we have multiple churches involved. We've got every different religion, uh, ethnic orientation, pol- any kind of politics. We don't care. We're just here to, to clean up our city, you know. Right, having a common goal. Common yeah. goal. And that's what it is. And so people got to stand up. Yeah, you right? know, I think uh, when you know, we have a lot of subscribers, followers, listeners that don't live anywhere around New Orleans. They like this podcast because they, they're interested in things that are happening here because they like to come here. And that's one of the, the things that I think is really missing currently is it's not the same place uh, to come to that these people are used to coming to. Right. You know, it's, it's, right. just, it's just not the same place. And, um, you know... I think what people don't realize, and if you're listening, I know we got listeners in California. We got Amish in India. And he, he always shares the show. Amish loves the show. He's in India somewhere. <laughs> hey, Amish, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> Is that people don't understand the real, you know, it's, sure, this city's got its problems. We got our crime problems. and But there's a lot more unity in this city than people think. There's community here. We've talked about this on previous podcasts that when all that junk was going on with the uh, George... Uh, uh, Floyd. Floyd thing. We didn't have those problems here, you know, and uh, that's because there's a, there really is with, in spite of the problems, there's a lot of unity here. So I moved here three weeks before Katrina hit. And one thing I noticed about new Orleans, I was flying back and forth from California, finishing mm-hmm. projects and working here. And, and one thing I noticed people were coming in from all over the country to come help. Yeah. And you know, uh, an acquaintance of mine, Muhammad Ali, uh, used to say, uh, service to others is the rent we pay for here on earth. And, um, you know, I've done service so many times, and it's so awesome when you can come in and help somebody out, um, you know, that just lost everything. Or, you know, and, and people are coming in all over the country, college kids, retired people, doctors, everybody was flying in. I'd run into on the plane. And, you know, it's so cool when they're trying, you know, they, they're, people are trying to say that we're a racist country right now. And when I see people coming together the way they have again here with Ida. You're talking about now. The, now. Yeah, coming together now, right. Well, yeah, they were coming together back then. Yeah, coming yeah, together, together now. now. Right. But your national media right. will tell you we're a racist country. And right. Everybody hates each other. And 
I don't see that. I wasn't brought up that way. And, yeah, I don't see it either. And the way with I these, with all these people coming out and helping and wanting to do something to change the city, do you think the current administration is aware of that? What's going on? What you're talking about? You know, to be honest, I don't have anything against the the mayor or anything, except that I'm not sure if they're aware of too much going on right now because I just don't see things happening. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I'm in there getting permits. I'm I'm involved with several different levels of of the city and it it's just not happening right. you know it's it's very frustrating and like i said the people just got to take it back yeah because we, you're not going to get the truth from the media now uh and, and of course uh bill feel free to, to chime in whenever you want to chime in here but william wallace is here and william has a podcast called william wallace for america and we had a little conversation Let, let's get big hand for william wallace Yay. He's also on the radio on WGSO, um, which they have a terrible signal. But yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, but that's it's a big okay. nine ninety, isn't it? That's it's a big nine ninety. It's, it's a little yeah. signal that could. <laughs> yeah, it think it can. It think it can. Think with the internet can. feed, you can hear it everywhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about like, like for instance, you. Um, wait, before we get on that, I'm, take take a look at uh, uh, Thomason's mitts. Look at his hands. He's got Troy Aikman mitts. Mm-hmm. Hold your hands up to Ted's. Oh God! I mean, look Come at Ted, look at look at Bill's hands and Ted's hands. But look at look at the work that, that Bill. <laughs> I Bill, know. Oh, those hands. This is have not done a guy who's been in an office. And look at Teddy's hands. Uh, yeah. Teddy okay, looks like up. he's been in palm olive dishwash liquid or something. <laughs> he just there. got out. Of, he just got I've a got DJ hands. I mean, you can tell a man by his hands. That's a real man there. Yeah. Scoot. But, <laughs> but what we were, yeah, uh, but what me and uh, William were talking about on the phone the other day is that I I followed the CDC, the um, uh, Centers for Disease Control. Thank, thank you, thank you, sir. And and uh, and one something that came out last week was is they said that there have been more people that have passed away in as a result of the injections. The, yeah, the, the the jab, the, the jab, mm-hmm. then have from COVID. Another thing is they came out a few weeks ago and said the actual numbers you see of CD of a COVID deaths are only really six percent. Okay, so if you want to get the truth, you don't get it in the media. You have to and this dig is, for this it. This is on the CDC website. On the CDC said. website, the, I'm gonna yeah. have to go search for that some yeah. more because I want to hear. I want to look this up some more yeah, because I follow them because yeah. you know I figure and, and, and nobody nobody hears about those things. And mm-hmm. I'm not an anti-vaccine guy. I'm just an anti-mandate guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't also want the government forcing us. You know, I mean, over the long haul, maybe when they perfect the vaccine, you know, it'll be more acceptable, I guess, to more people. But, you know, I mean, the polio vaccine, when it first came out, you know, there are people that died from it. And there are people, I'll say, died from it that were, you know, had vaccine illnesses, you know, or right, negative right. effects from it. And today we have the same thing with the COVID vaccine. And I just don't want to people to be mandated to get it because when you're forced to get it and if you have be one of those people that get you know a negative reaction to it you know who's gonna you know who's gonna pay for that yeah just like there's people in this city that don't have the city's best interests in mind right there are people nationally that don't have the country's best interests in, in mind in mind and uh i think that the narrative the agenda of these people is, is just division they're just trying yeah. to divide people. exactly oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so now what yeah. you know what now what is the reason to try to divide people I mean, control. The, control it's about control. would be one of them. Control would be one of them. You can, can not only control people, but you can control freedoms. Mm-hmm. You can control different things that they want you to do. They can you know, when you can when they learn how to control. And it sounds all utopian. Uh, it's not utopian. Uh, it sounds all nineteen eighty four ish. 
and sounds can you know when you talk like this, some people say, Well, you're just one of those conspiracy theory people. And that's not the case at all. It's just a way of it's no different than a, a company that wants you to buy a product. They learn how to manipulate your mind through advertising. They learn how to create a need. The algorithms where they it, call them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They they learn how to control a market. And and it's the same thing with the government or entities thereof that they when they learn how to control groups of people, they can learn how to control your freedoms, which ones you're given, which ones you choose, um, which direction you go in, what it will take to keep certain politicians in power. So now when you talk to the people you talk about, now you interviewed Ted, he does a bunch of interviews. He's podcasting all day long. He, he, yeah. like, how many podcasts well, you do a week? You do like, well, I, did, I interviewed seven people on Sunday. Okay, now. Now, there were shorter interviews. Well, you, had, you put no, out episodes no. every week, more more than one a week, right? <laughs> now, listen, listen. I'm what? on the phone with him, and he's telling me, oh, I got this guy coming on, this guy, this guy. Yeah. Oh, this is a big interview. It's the biggest one ever. This guy, you know, this guy. These are all big people. Now, I've never heard of any of them. Okay. okay now you, Teddy, <laughs> you, since you are like the show's political guru, right. as exactly. best as we That's can get. That's true. As right, best yeah. as we can get. Right. Give him some of these names to see if Teddy ever Alonzo Rochelle was on my show two oh, weeks ago. Oh, yeah, Alonzo. Zonation. Have you heard of him? No, I've actually heard of him. <laughs> have have no you, Bill? Alonzo Rochelle? I don't know who that is. Yeah, if you look, if you look up Zonation, he, he has a couple of different platforms. Zopium Den, Zonation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a Christian guy too. And you were yeah. you were excited about that interview? Oh my gosh, that was a, that was a great interview. Um, uh, this I, is a local person. person? No, this guy's in California. California, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you if you look up like his pod, like his um, videos, they're not only really funny. And you know, he does a little Christian talk. He does some funny. He yeah. does some political. He does a, he has a wide spectrum. Um, you know, he used to be on PJ Media. So he was just he was just a real he's just a real good solid. That was a good interview. Landed yeah, it was that a one. real good interview. Okay, we me, did an hour. Give Teddy another one. Okay, then I had Pat Kolbick on my show. Pat Kolbick, Ted. Pat Kolbick. Oh, Pat Kolbick. Pat Kolbick. Have you heard <laughs> of Pat? Tune in for that one. I have to download. Bill, that, have you heard of Pat Kolbick? Bill? Can, can I have a slice of that sarcasm pie there? <laughs> no, I, no I, 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 he's supposed to be our political. I uh, know I'm joking around with. Ted is supposed to be our political expert on the podcast. Yeah, he's never heard of Popic. Is it Popic? Po- no, Pat Colbeck. Colbeck. So he was a past state senator in Michigan, ran for governor, but he's the one working with Mike Lindell to expose all the election fraud going on in Michigan. Okay, but that, ha- that yeah, happened yeah. in Michigan. I know. Ted? I know Mike Lindell. Yeah, he okay, worked, good. Yeah. And so he's working yeah, with Wendy. Lindell. He's working. He's Lord working God. with Wendy Rogers in Arizona, mm-hmm. who was working with on that Maricopa County lawsuit with people like the Cyber Ninjas. And so uh, Wendy Rogers was on my show. About I know she ago. is Arizona. Uh, yeah, Arizona. you see, uh, he's pulling on with that. It's yeah. all being it's all being suppressed <laughs> by the media. Okay, I mean, there, there, there's a, give him a couple more. Give him a couple more. Oh gosh, uh, and you know, next week is going to be an interesting show. I'll, 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 I'll get just, I'll kind of leak this a little bit. This, this, I am leaking something that I have not announced leak yet. Leak it. Let's hear it. I'm leaking it today. Um, I'm interviewing the Good Cemeterian next week. The Good Cemeterian, Bill. This guy is this <laughs> no Ted the Bill Cemetery. I don't even know what that means. The Good Cemeterian. No, he actually is a is a veteran. Is he goes, a wrestler? No. Oh, okay. I just wonder. <laughs> he's actually he a, he's, a face or what, what is it? Heel or a face? Heel or a face? He's no. A face. He's he's actually he's actually a veteran that goes around to veterans' grave sites and cleans their graves and makes them look brand new again. Oh, that's awesome. 
And awesome. it's just kind of a good, it's just kind of a way to honor veterans. It's a good yeah, community cool. service. It's, yeah. it's yeah, kind of a nice thing. thing so, so while I love politics and I love interviewing elected officials and people about politics, mm-hmm. I, I also just like doing community things, which is why like, I, I'm glad to be with Bill today, you know, here on this show, because he's doing some great things for our community. And I've always believed that the best way that we can fix the problems in our country our state is a start in our community. And that's kind of, so not only do I like doing those national interviews, I also like the local small guys because they're making a difference. Like this guy, the good cemeterian, mm-hmm. he's just in Florida, just travels and, and goes around to these grave sites and fixes them up. <clears throat> and you, you don't get to see his work that much. You don't get to hear about the things that he's yeah. doing, well, but it's making a difference yeah. for families. It makes a difference for you know, people that might be in that grave, you know, that, that cemetery and go, wow, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, who is this person? And now they're honored again. Well, your, your podcast though, is it's politically focused. It's political I mean, in nature, right? Pol- I mean, you, I don't know if you talk about politics every single episode, but oh, no. I, try, I try to sneak it any way yeah. I can. Now, so us, like, we're uh, not really a political show. Yeah. No. I mean, lately we have been because of the election and because we want to see things change in New right. Orleans. But I mean, you know, we've had guests that we can go over them, but, you know, from other cities and, you know, celebrity guests that you'd probably know. Oh, you had celebrity guests? Oh. Yeah, we've had a few. Name a couple for them. I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> Miss America. You did? Oh, yeah. Don't miss part two with our special guests, Bill Thomason and William Wallace. Next week on All Over the Road, New Orleans. Victor Dell joined all of their other podcasts at the Vina Win Rally at the Peristyles in City Park. This rally today is about, it's about freedom, liberty, and how to open our economy back up with the right person for mayor, because the one that we have now is not going to open it up. Although she might try to do something political. We don't want to get there, but she, you know, but we would know it's political. But Vina wants to do the right thing for the people in this city and not put money in her own pocket. And you know what I like about her? She's not scripted. You know, you can tell that everything that she, all of her answers are coming from her heart and not from some script that somebody who, you know, put in her head. Yeah, it's like the Vic Del Giorno approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just wing it. Just like you, you wing it. You're all over the road. Yeah, go plug your show in everything. Oh, William Wallace for America. The last name is W-A-L-L-I-S. And that's on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, and any podcast app you can find. And, uh, and but one more thing about Vina is that she's not just an alternative to LaToya. She is a good candidate and a good person. So when people say anybody but LaToya, you know, that's maybe a big reason to vote for Vina. But the bigger reason is because she's just a genuine, fiscally sounded, minded, good business person, a good person to vote for. Because she has really good business sense and she has some grassroots ideas for getting people out of poverty and helping with the crime. I just met her a few minutes ago and I really liked some of the things that she was supporting herself, some of the things that she's for um, to help the city. You know, there's other candidates out here saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And she's out here doing stuff. She's cleaning up the city. She's feeding the linemen that have been coming in. She's been handing out food. Uh, We've all been working side by side. Um, You know, she's walking her talk. Basically, that's what it is. When she gets in office, should be this. I'm hoping it's the same way. But I've never seen anybody else do like do this. Because uh, I feel this city's under siege, and um, we need some clear thinking when it comes to crime, efficiency, and uh, 
the way to do business. I want change. I think she would be a good person to bring about change. The current leadership, we need change. Cantrell, you gotta go. You got arrested, bitch face. You bad, Bill. We need a pretty mirror, baby. We want you out. This just in, Facebook changed their name to Meta. Like, like it's actually named Meta now. And this is not a joke. If you go to meta.com, it goes straight to Facebook. Facebook is rebranding to now be called Meta. If an organization that big can try this, why can't you? Maybe don't change your name, but you can rebrand yourself as someone who eats well, exercises regularly, and takes care of their health. You know, Ted, uh, I think steam is beginning to pick up with the listener line. You feel it? I do. Yeah, it, good. Especially since you put the new, the correct uh, number on the uh, on the website. It, it did help dramatically <laughs> yeah. to uh, actually have the correct number posted. Yes, it did. And that was designed to do what, Nick? To drive people to, to call in and leave a message and get us to do either something or uh, just ask us a question, anything that's on their mind. They can drop by anytime. And we want to hear their what, Ted? Their stories. stories. We want to hear their stories. This is what we promise you in season three more stories more stories more, more stories. stories and one other thing much cleaner underwear six zero that's it that's the one that's the correct number this all over the road new orleans podcast is brought to you by coin trader inc mind your money